Well, good morning, everybody. We are GFBS. We're Grand Fork's best source. It's a dirty Thursday. On the show today, NLRA late model driver Joey Peterson. How about that? A little applause in the background there. Show today, by the way, brought to you by Pure Mist. You know, if you want continuous protection to any indoor space, contact Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. Their multifaceted process uses advanced technologies to destroy contaminants in the air and on surfaces. You know, Pure Mist can protect homes, businesses, classrooms, clinics, fitness centers, retail stores, hotels, childcare centers, video podcast studios, and more. It's the apex of indoor environment protection, destroying surface and airborne microbes, including viruses, bacteria, mold, fungi, allergens, and odors. And Active Pure is an FDA-tested and approved technology to reduce and eliminate SARS and COV-2. That's the virus that causes COVID-19. Grand Fork's best source, now protected by Pure Mist. Shouldn't you protect yourself, too? Call Chad, 763-229-7969. Or go to puremistcode.com. Protection of every second of every day, 365 days a year. Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. Clean spaces, healthy living. All right, if you got any questions for Mr. Peterson or any of us, feel free to call or text us. Our phone number here at GFBS, 213-0863. That's 701-213-0863. All right, before we get rolling, time now for Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me, kind of a daily thing we do here at GFBS. And here we go. What do you call a mini fortune teller that broke out of jail? What do you call a mini fortune teller that broke out of jail. A small medium at large. <laughs> a small medium at large. Katie, what'd you think of that one? A dirty joke for Dirty Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, what'd you think of that one? Uh, I don't know. I'll give it about a three. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Uh, okay, we already got some people watching us. That's great. Uh, Joey, welcome to the show. First timer here at GFBS. Uh, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Good. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, beyond racing, what you do. Tell us about your family life here first so people can guide, kind of get a feel of Joey Peterson here. Yeah, sure. So uh, I, I guess career-wise, I've, I've worked in the jail business for, I think, 24 years now. I'm, I'm currently the jail administrator, actually, at Tri-County Corrections in Crookston, Minnesota. Dabble around in a few other side things, uh, some trucking uh, business stuff and some rental properties, but uh, in a nutshell, that's uh, I, I married two kids, uh, lived in East Grand Forks, uh, Grand Forks area for really the, the last twenty years, I think. You originally out of Warren, originally from Warren, yeah, a pony, a pony, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, how is that jail, by the way? Because I used to work for the company that built it. Always wondered what it looked like on the inside, <laughs> but I didn't really wonder that much. <laughs> So you're the responsible person. <laughs> I did some of it. <laughs> no, it's it's good. Uh, it's it's crazy how fast things age and technology kind of mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know you think it's state of the art at the time, and ten years later it's, it's old. outdated. Yeah, so. old news. Yeah. Um, you just had some medical problems. Uh, Want to talk a little bit about that? Tell us what did they do to you? I mean, unless you're a Facebook friend. Uh, or a fan of yours, people might not know, but um, man, you had some stuff happening. Yeah, to give you a little bit of history, I've I've had a 
uh, really a lifelong heart condition that I've, you know, routinely doctored for. And, uh, you know, throughout my life, I've been told by multiple doctors to probably expect a valve replacement needed by by 50 uh, years old. And as it turns out last or this past summer, midsummer, I, I was doing my routine doctoring down at Mayo on that and found out that it's uh, it came a few years early, uh, just aging and uh, as we all age, things uh, aren't in our favor. And so uh, anyway, the, the time came to take care of that. And about a month ago, a month and a day ago, actually, I, I did that down at Mayo, got a, got a heart valve replaced, open heart surgery. And uh, it, was a, it was quite an experience, uh, you know, but all in all, I, I guess it went, went good. They're telling me it went great, actually. And I'm doing good. Uh, you know, going through rehab now, and uh, they they tell me when this all settles out about six months from now, and the body adjusts, I should feel about twenty years younger. So I'm looking wow. forward to that. So, so there were. I mean, could you feel it? Could you tell? How did you know? I mean, you know, that's the thing. A lot of people, especially when it comes to heart surgery, uh, you know, not as as serious as what you went through, but um, uh, even if they have the stints put in and stuff, you hear from a lot of people that say, you know, I never realized I felt as bad as I did until I got this thing fixed. And then you finally realize it. It's like when I first got glasses, didn't realize my eyes were that bad until I got glasses. Um, did you, were there symptoms or anything or how, I guess, I don't know. I, I mean, I've been on the operating table like 16 times, not, never anything for that, but I always knew what was wrong with me. Um, did, were there symptoms or, or effects before you went in and had this procedure done? Well, for me, uh, not really. Um, they asked me that when I was down there too, and they did all, all their testing and realized that the opening in that valve was tight to a point that intervention was needed. And so they're asking me all the same things. And, and the answer is not really. I mean, maybe a little more fatigue, maybe a little more short of breath when I'd exert myself, but... I just connected that to age, mm-hmm. and they disagreed and said, "No, we we don't think it's age. You're too young to to uh, to 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 be feeling that, or you shouldn't be feeling that." So they they said, "No, it's 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 the valve. So we we got to go in." Well, does anybody ever tell you maybe you need to slow the hell down for a little bit? Yeah, I've heard I'm that. sure the missus has said that I've, once or nine hundred times. I've heard that a time or two, and honestly, in the last month, I've. I've been sitting around a lot, and I, it, it's the first time in, I don't even know, 30 years, I, probably ever, that, mm-hmm. I, that I've really not been able to do much, and uh, it's it's a major adjustment, and I'm not liking <laughs> it, honestly. I, I'd rather be busy and doing what I do, but uh, it's coming along. Things are, are uh, really coming along good, actually. I feel now close to where I was at prior to surgery, so uh, they, it should only get better from here. You know, uh, I mentioned I've had tons of surgeries, but, um, you know, they even operated on my neck, had to, to, to put the old halo and screwed into my skull and all this kind of stuff. And that kind of made me a little nervous. Uh, none of my other ones did, but I couldn't imagine having my chest cracked open. How much pain were you in when, when you awoke or woke up from it? And, and um, I would imagine I've, I've actually fractured my sternum before. It hurt so bad for so long. 
I couldn't imagine. But how are you feeling when you woke up? And 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 take us through this this little bit of a healing process. You know, the first the first week was actually tough. Uh, the the first three four days, especially that was the most painful by far. Uh, you know, throughout this whole thing, though, what kind of what I didn't expect, but I I come to realize was probably my biggest challenge was and still is to a point, is just general weakness. Uh, I had all I could do to walk 20 feet mm-hmm. the day after surgery. And and they get you up and walking right yeah, away, too. Yeah, and legs, you know, legs were given out and couldn't breathe. And, uh, you know, they, they said that's all normal, you know, normal effects from surgery. But uh, in being, you know, out that long and open up that long and your lungs, I, I guess, shrivel up into the... You know, they'd fit in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, being out for four hours and uh, on bypass machines, it it really takes a toll on the body. And that was probably the, I didn't expect that to to be what it was. But, uh, you know, through through rehab and just working at it and treadmills and and whatnot, it it comes back, but you got to work at it. Got to be exciting, though. I mean, because you're in pretty decent shape. Uh, got to be exciting when they tell you you're probably going to feel 20 years younger. Yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. I hard to remember 20 years ago exactly what I felt like, but I'm sure it was you know better than 47. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right, now let's uh, enough about you. I'm glad you're on the mend, and for all you people out there watching, uh, there you go, your answer. Uh, in fact, we've got a few uh, texts. Kevin Pappenfuss, 20 years younger. That means you should be able to race for 20 more years. Happy for you that it went well. Old Kevin, how about that, huh? How did you get your start racing, Joey? I started uh, at, at the age of 15, actually. My dad uh, back then built an outlaw, what they called an outlaw street stock at the time, uh, to race in Hallock, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those tracks that went by the wayside, unfortunately. But uh, started up there, actually, he... It, he he built it for himself and I was just the, you know, the, the kid helping, or at least that was the plan. But I, I was, I was on him constantly to get behind the wheel of that thing. And I didn't even have a driver's license at the time. And back then, uh, unlike today where you got all these youngsters coming into this, uh, back then to have somebody racing a car without a driver's license, while many tracks required a driver's license mm-hmm. for one back mm-hmm. then. Uh, so anyway, I, Hallock did have that rule. You needed a driver's license uh, at the at the age of fifteen. I was I was a big kid and probably looked twenty five. I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> I bugged my dad enough, and uh, you know, prior to that, I had raced, kind of dabbled in four wheelers and snowmobiles and whatever. So I I had, I think, a, a natural kind of ability just to you know I'd been exposed to that mm-hmm. you know, stuff and could could wheel the car. I think and. So anyway, we decided to come up with a plan that he would just enter the car. We'd take turns every other week. He'd drive one week, I'd drive the next, you know. And so that's what we did for that summer. Uh, I think there was, I don't know, 15 races that summer we went up to. And uh, it, was, it was late in the summer. It was in August, uh, just before my 16th birthday, actually. I, I ended up winning my first feature up there. <laughs> Uh, against some some pretty stout competition, some names that are still float around today in circles, and people people know who they were. Uh, it was big engines in those cars back then, and uh, it, it was a it's a pretty tough class. But that got me hooked 
for sure. Uh, I don't know that the track ever caught on that it was, uh, you know, someone in the car other than who registered it. I mm-hmm. never, I never did hear anything about that. But uh, anyway, uh, I got my driver's license uh, uh, into that winter, and things were good after that either way. So we we rolled the dice, but that's where I got started. Uh, from there, that only lasted a year, and uh, he ended up selling the car for some personal reasons. Jason Linnell, I was hooked, totally hooked on racing at that point. Jason Linnell and I joined forces, bought a really old, uh, I'd call it a, a hobby stock. Uh, it was about 20 years old. We'd literally pulled it out of, a wood, out of the woods, bought it from uh, Ron Ranstrom and Warren. Mm-hmm. Tree, a tree was growing up through the thing. That's how long it had <laughs> yeah. been sitting there, but we're going to race this thing, right? <laughs> We did. Uh, him and I were together for, I think it was a full season. We took turns in Grand Forks driving that thing. We, we had no money. There, it, was, it was such a low-budget thing. It was just crazy that we even got out there. But we did. Jason then moved on. Uh, he got a ride in a sprint car, and the rest is history with him. He, he, he turned out to be a really good sprint car driver. But um, I did that for a couple of years, and uh, I'll tell you, really the launching pad for me uh, in terms of just success and really getting going and racing, uh, it was it was meeting Bruce Hart. Yeah. Everybody knows Bruce. Everybody knows Bruce. Yeah, and that was a weird kind of a funny story. I, I went in there. I, I had never seen him or met him, and I, I just knew where he was located, and I wanted to get a body put on this old dinosaur of a car I had, right? So I go in there, and I'm talking to Bruce and tell him what I want to do, and he says, well, I'll bring the car over. Let me take a look. So I bring the car over, I don't know, a week later. And he says, oh, my God, you can't, you can't <laughs> race this thing. And, uh, and it, was, it was a really old car. So anyway, uh, he says, you need a new car. we got to get you a different car. I don't have any money. I can't, like, like just putting tin on this thing is, is a stretch for mm-hmm. me, right, at mm-hmm. the time. So fast forward, uh, he, he wouldn't have it. Uh, he said the car just was not safe. Uh, my head stuck above the row cage actually a little bit. I said, well, just build the row cage up some. He wouldn't do that, which he was totally spot on with that decision. But long story short, that that triggered a friendship between Bruce and I and a relationship in racing uh, that he he supported me for a number of years racing his his super stocks that mm-hmm. he built. Um and that really was the launching pad for my just success and really getting out there and doing things. Uh, won a lot of races in Bruce's cars. Really thankful for the, that opportunity from him. Uh, and, and that kind of laid the foundation for what was to come. Fast forward about 10 years, I got to be friends with Steve Moan and, uh, you know, kind of the success over the years in the Superstock division. Uh, friends of mine at the time had moved up, Brad Sang, John Seitz, into the late models, and I, I think I was a year behind them, and I thought, well, I was running with them and beating them, you know, almost as much as they were beating me in the super stocks. Why can't I do this? Uh, so anyway, I got to talking with Steve Moan, and I had a plan to to buy his car or try buy his late model. He was thinking about getting out, and uh, like everything in racing, money becomes a factor, and I didn't fully realize what I was getting into financially and so fast forward a little bit in those conversations over the winter and Steve says hey why don't we just uh why don't we just be partners let's see where it goes well 15 years later we're still partners in this deal he's he's a co-owner uh Steve and I shared the seat a little bit there for 
I don't know, the first couple, two, three years. And uh, then he uh, decided to kind of step away from it uh, as far as the driving part. But great guy. uh, you know, I, I look back over all these years and those those names that I mentioned here in, in this conversation, uh, uh, they were, you know, critical in terms of where I'm at today in racing. Uh, it, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at without those guys. And uh, thank goodness for them because uh, you've had a pretty stellar career uh, so far. Um, you know, what I try to do uh, before I get a race car driver on is I'll reach out to a few people and see if I can find out any dirt any funny stories? Uh, so I, I put the word out uh, this morning. Anybody got anything good on Joey? And uh, the only thing I got back was King of Greenbush in Super Stocks. <laughs> <laughs> you must have dominated up there, huh? We won quite a bit up there. I don't know. It was that that paperclip track? I I don't know. Uh, I, I've had I've had a lot of success up there over the years. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. Never heard that. anybody being called the King of Greenbush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's a compliment or a, yeah, but no, it's we, we've we've done well up there, and I really like that place. It's more than just the track up there; just the atmosphere. It's kind mm-hmm. of relaxed, you know, uh, a little more laid back, maybe. Totally more laid back uh, during and after. Mm-hmm. Do you have um, a favorite track you like to race at, like in the summertime, at all? You know, I really like the the bull ring. Honestly, uh, that's uh, over the years. I've I would say that's my favorite track. And I've in recent years, I haven't traveled much. But back in, especially in the super stocks, I was I was all over this area. Raced at I think every track there is pretty much. And River City's uh, that that up on the wheel just that's unlike any other. Uh, it, it's you really got to be elbows up out mm-hmm. there. And, you know, in, in recent years, it's kind of trended a little drier, and that's slowed it up a little bit. But uh, I'll tell you, for, for most of my years racing at River Cities, uh, it was really elbows up, and you had to be on top of your, you know, game just, just to to not wreck, honestly, let alone win. And, you know, for, for years, um, I was the guy, uh, you'd talk to race car drivers and say, the track's too fast, which I could never get. I, to me, that just didn't make any sense. But when it slicks up a little bit, maybe a little bit drier, as, as far as most late model guys prefer, the racing is so much better. Uh, I can remember going to uh, Fargo for the Outlaws way back in the day with that half-mile track, and there was never any good racing to watch. I mean, it would be between first, second, and third, there could be 15 seconds. You're not going to find that at the bull ring. No. You, you know, and nobody likes to see a train. I mean, the fans, even the, you know, the drivers, of course, you know, Sometimes you hear people being critical of, of drivers, and I'm like, tell me a driver that doesn't want two lanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't want to follow each other. Right. right. And uh, so, no, they, you know, over the years, of course, every track has their nights where things, you know, weather and other things just don't cooperate. But, you know, they definitely put in the effort and work in the track and, you know, the lily and the water, all this stuff. They, they put in a, a good effort to try and keep two lanes out there. And it don't always work out, but... Um, I, I think, you know, being very deliberate with maybe things trending a little drier has definitely saved on equipment for drivers. Sure. And reduced their, their expense and their costs, which is good. Uh, racing's not an easy sport financially to, to survive in. So uh, that, that has also benefited everybody. I think, you know, granted the tire bill goes up a little, but that's a lot cheaper than, uh, you know, being upside down. Mm-hmm. So. 
absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about more about uh, the Peterson Racing family or its racing stable. Uh, you talk about how you are busy, and we're going to talk about that in just a couple of minutes. But uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Bob Dusso and Dusso Photography. Uh, if you look at our Dusso Photography Wall of Fame here in the studios, in fact, uh, we just had Joey sign his picture that's going up on the wall here. But uh, Bobby Dusso does such a great job uh, with the racing photos, but he does a lot more than that. Uh, you might still be able to get Christmas cards done. Uh, you might still be able to get those senior pictures done if you're really procrastinating. But he does more family portraits. He does the business headshots, you know, for your cards or your advertising. You can have your own background in the picture. Uh, he does corporate pics with your products, your food, whatever you want in there. And, and uh, he'll even come to your house. Uh, I know Paul, the producer, had him come by and do a family portrait of them. Uh, and if you really want to see what he can do, come and check out our uh, Do So Photography Wall of Fame here. But if you want to find out more, and if you want to look the best, Do So Photography can do that. Go to DoSoPhoto.com. You can see his work. And if you need to call him, 218-230-4325. That's 230-4325. Do So Photo, Do So Photography. Um, and he hooks us up uh, really nice here at the studios of GFBS. And we sure appreciate Bob being on the show. You'd talk about, Joey, when you were starting uh, racing, uh, you didn't have a driver's license yet. It wasn't the right you know, a lot of tracks didn't allow it. Now let's talk about your kids. You got Kelsey and Tucker. Uh, let's start with Tucker first, the youngest of your two. Uh, I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, youngest racer ever at River City Speedway. Is that true? I believe so, yeah. And um, he is winning. Um, how old was he when he won that first feature? I believe his first came at 13. Wow. Yeah, that isn't a lot of people still racing go karts at thirteen. Yeah, you know he's he's one too that looks older than he is. I mean he he turned sixteen this summer, so mm-hmm. he just got his driver's license late in the year with COVID. It was delayed a little bit, but um, yeah. after after watching him on the track, were you almost nervous for him to get his driver's license? <laughs> well, I, I mean, know, obviously he knows his way around a car. I I think back to. You know, even when I got my driver's license and I, quite honestly, I thought this is, I'm going around a racetrack, you know, every week and doing what I do out there. This, this, why do I even need to take the test? Right. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Well, anyway, there's obviously there's reasons, but no, I, I, I wasn't, um, he's actually got a really good head on his shoulders. He's, he's so far. Not mm-hmm. what, yep. Yep. Responsible and, uh, you know, seems to you know, follow rules and whatnot. I, I've preached to him, you know, you you want to not be driving, go rack up some tickets, and mm-hmm. you'll be back to walking or calling Yeah, buddies, let the grades so, slip, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yep. And, you know, kids are different, and I'm a firm believer of um, everything starts at home. Uh, you know, you hear the saying, they don't make kids like they used to. Well, I, I still think it all starts at home. And, and let's face it, there are some 13-year-olds that act like they're 13 or 10 or 3, and there are 13-year-olds that act like they're 18, and uh, obviously, he was one of those ones that was, you know, probably a, a little more. He had a stuff together at a younger age. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he, he's he's always been really deliberate. It seems to me, and 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 calculated in everything he does, and he, he tends to think about the, you know, the. Uh, I guess the aftermath and whatever it is he may do, you know, if it's, you know, something negative will come out of it. I, he's, he's mature beyond his years for sure. Uh, at this point anyway. So, 
uh, pretty proud of them. Got a couple of uh, texts here. Uh, one coming from Zach. It says, Joey's awesome. Crazy. He can maintain three race cars. I can barely maintain one. Uh, Terry Blacklance, thanks for watching, Terry. I was going to ask Joey the other day when I was in his shop what his dad Mark is up to nowadays. I've raced against three generations of Petersons now. Uh, thank you, Terry. And let's see. You're a great guy. It's incredible. Three cars. Tommy Corcoran, as a rule, I don't believe there's anyone who's run River Cities over the years any better than Joey. I got some people out there that are fans of yours, uh, definitely, race car drivers and all that. Uh, now, some of the texts uh, we're getting, how you can maintain three race cars. All right, we've talked about you a little bit. We talked about your son, Tucker. Now, uh, let's talk about your daughter. Um, Kelsey, tell you what, uh, she knows how to drive really fast, too. She's transitioned really well from the go-karts into that lightning sprint deal, uh, for sure. Uh, she's, well, they both have exceeded my expectations uh, by by a long shot. I, I, I've been there. I've done that. I understand how difficult it is to win in any of these divisions. It, it, it's, there is tough competitors in every class. I, they, the, the talent rises to the top, and sometimes the, you know, oftentimes the, the, the money seems to kind of go along with that at the top, but unfortunately, but uh, anyway, they've, she's, you know, she's had other challenges to, to kind of meet and overcome too, just being a female. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, you know, and I ain't gonna lie, I was a little nervous about that myself going into it. Uh, you know, how that would go and how the, you know, just that whole dynamic on the track and respect and open wheel racing and you get on your, you know, lid pretty easy and those things, all of that. She's done a, a fantastic job. Uh, she's, as far as, you know, the last three years, when you look at the whole group of lightning sprints, she's she's been in the top the top three or two in terms of feature win, total feature wins every year. She's winning as much as any of them. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the total group of who's winning, it's not many people. Right, so she's, right. She's getting her fair share, and uh, that's a testament to her. Uh, I, I guess I've, I have driven a lightning sprint once. Uh, it felt really awkward to me. But anyway, uh, what I hear from the go-kart people that move up into those, that they drive a lot like go-karts. Uh, I don't know if that's the same as true for the 410 sprints, but at least for lightning sprints, uh, that, that seems to be a consistent thing that I hear from many, that they, they drive a lot like go-karts. So that was a natural transition for her, mm-hmm. and she agrees with, with that statement as well. So it's, it, it's worked. She's found a good, good fit there. Of course, she's, uh, she's pushed me uh, to consider the 410 world for her too, and, uh, and of course that's a whole different budget we got to be talking yeah. about so uh for does, now we're doing a lightning sprint thing does she have any interest in uh, the wingless sprints that are running around here now uh budget wise would be a lot easier to work with but well quite honestly they i think they'd be cheaper than what we're doing with the lightning sprint but um anyway yeah she's talked about a little bit just you know be fun to hot lap them kind of thing but uh we talked a little more serious about that this summer, but we really did. It kind of ended there. We didn't, uh, it just kind of ended there. All right. Uh, another text uh, after talking about you, Kelsey, and Tucker. Uh, Kevin, Mama Bear Julie could wheel a car also. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, met, I met my wife, Julie, at, at a racetrack, actually, and we were racing against each other for a number of years. 
that in itself created some challenges for sure. And I, <laughs> I still get uh, some crap over things that happened back then. Today, actually, uh, uh, of course, it was all my fault. Oh, of course. But no, she she definitely could. Uh, I I remember one night in Grand Forks, she rolled hard off of turn two, and uh, I thought, man, that's one of the that was one of the tougher rollovers I've seen. And uh, she bounced back out of that. Uh, her dad thrashed all night, and I believe they had that car back at a racetrack the next day, and she was back at it. So, no, she she was she was good. Uh, she she was in the hunt. I, I, a lot of people don't maybe realize this, but her last race ever uh, was in Hallock, Minnesota. Uh, she ended up winning that feature. Her last race, she won, uh, and then that's when uh, you know she she ended up she got pregnant and Kelsey come along and that, that, that was the end of the racing career. But, um, no, she, she was, she definitely earned her place out there and, uh, she wasn't afraid to rub, rub fenders and do whatever it took to Mm -hmm. get the job done. So. Well, I can tell you what, uh, you guys have done a great job raising these kids. Um, I don't know if I've interviewed Tucker. Uh, I have got to interview Kelsey and, uh, they're both very professional uh, about what they do they realize uh, the obligations after you step out of the race car and uh, hats off to them because uh, they're they're a couple of really good kids um, speaking of Amanda Joel the Peterson family is amazing their passion and dedication is phenomenal you got to like to hear that kind of stuff it, it's kind of cool you know we in the in the the busyness of our lives you know I often you just you know you get caught up in it and you don't really reflect in racing especially you know three cars uh it's such a commitment and there's a lot of sacrifice with that i wouldn't change it for the world i don't feel like like i'm sacrificing i i just i love it i wouldn't that's all i want to do but i also realize that sometimes you know my wife for example or others family friends we've missed functions we've missed things we've uh, there's sacrifice with it, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know. Sometimes I need others to remind me of, hey, uh, we we need to do other things once in a while. Yeah, um, race car drivers uh, that are as into it as you, uh, especially, you know, in charge of three different race cars, you're not lake people. Uh, you don't get to go do those things uh, unless you want to just walk away from the sport for the weekend. But that's not easy to do, is it? No, no, I. Uh, I mean, you do have a boat, I believe, don't you? I, I do, yeah. And I, you know, I, I love fishing. We actually like the lake. Uh, if I, there's no question, if I we weren't racing, I'd I'd have a lake place. But we sneak up a few times a summer. It seems like sometimes it's during the week, uh, you know, a midweek thing. But but yeah, our, our weekends are are consumed with with and most of the week. Yeah, uh, you're um, race cars. Do the kids enjoy fishing? Yeah, yeah. Kelsey's Kelsey's actually uh she's quite a fisherman too uh she's she picked up on that and all the you know it's more than just putting a rod in the water right there's some technique and mm-hmm. to all of that but I, I think yep. we're gonna have to get a catfish date coming up uh this next summer uh yep. maybe we can get you and the kids out there yeah that'd be kind of fun I don't think you've been in my new boat yet no oh good I'm, now I'm really looking forward to that uh the time we went catfishing I, I i don't know if you'd ever been out before but uh i think we ended up getting into a couple of big ones didn't we we did yeah i think a couple 10 12 pounders something like that yeah it was okay fun. um your biggest night in a race car biggest win biggest memory well my my 
best or biggest memory, I would say, it actually did not come with a win. It was it came with a second place finish, but it was the Johnson. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, that that for sure stands out to me as is the one that got away by I don't know what it was two one thousandths of a second. It was second. What it was really close. Uh, uh, but anyway, that whole that whole weekend uh, that year was I think it was four or five years ago. Uh, I come in through the B main. I think I took the last starting spot on the grid for the feature. Mm-hmm. You know, I told the guys, "Well, I'll go out. I'll make twenty laps, whatever. If nothing's happening, I'll just pull in." Like it, you know, how are you going to go from the back to the front? Well, you know, there was a lot of things that happened that in that feature that the stars kind of lined up. The cautions came at the right time and kind of regrouped us. And I knew I had a good car. I didn't realize how good it really was till all of a sudden I find myself knocking on the door of the top five and I'm that's what I'm like and I was hanging with him I'm like you know I might have a shot at this thing and so anyway cautions all kind of fell our way and uh, you know there was a late race caution that kind of I was able to launch from uh, I think on that restart from fifth to second or something like that and and uh, I was able to run down uh, AJ Demel in the in the closing laps and at the checkers it was I was inside of him trying to get by him for the for the win, but that that was really cool. Uh, but there's, you know, I'll tell you that uh, as far as big wins, big money wins, uh, I've really not traveled enough to to capitalize on any of those. But just just the weekly grind, you know, I've I've got I don't know 150, 200. I don't know. I really haven't kept close track of the wins, but won a lot over the years and. Uh, Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, just the, the success of it, and I, I've often said to people, you know, I've been doing this, I think, thirty years. Last year or this past season, how, you know, they ask, well, how do you? What's kept you in it so long? I do, I do think that that there there's a connection to as far as longevity in the sport to success. Once you get that thrill of victory, and especially if you get it multiple times. It's really hard to mm. to to to, it's an addiction. To, to to leave it. It becomes an addiction, and uh, I think oftentimes, if you look at those that have been around this for two, three decades or longer, uh, at some point, probably early on, they they had, and maybe throughout, they had a lot of success, or at least a, a good amount of success, and that that really kept them. It hooked them, mm-hmm. and and that's definitely the case for me. And you know, it's been really cool for me too to. Uh, to, to see the kids not only racing but but winning, uh, I didn't expect that would come uh, so well. I didn't know if it'd come at all, but certainly not as quick as it did at such young ages. And that's been really really cool to 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 watch that and be a big part of that. Obviously, I'm not driving those cars, but a big part of behind the scenes and kind of mentoring them and and everything that's going on behind the scenes it's it's been fun oh you got to be a proud dad i mean um how many times uh well i know it doesn't happen that often we're all three of you at the same track and the same night but um i know it has happened and i know there's been times where you want to try to get your butt down to victory lane but you're probably already strapped in the car because you're going to be out next or whatever but um that's so cool uh when you get to see your kids in victory lane and get to go home and talk about it and share it uh I mean, how proud can you be? You know, yeah, you know, watching videos and just just taking in the whole the whole night. Whoever wins, you know, but especially when they the wins they've got, that's been extra special. And twice, uh, twice we've never all three won on the same night, but twice uh, Kelsey and I have won on the same night at the same track. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, we almost pulled off the. Uh, and Tucker doesn't. He, geez, he gets mad when I even bring this up. But <laughs> I remember what I remember. Was, remember this. It was in yeah. Greenbush. Her and I both won, and uh, he was leading the feature. He was he was a straightaway ahead of second, and I think it was two to go. He kind of half looped it and went down through the infield, and I, he had it won. Mm-hmm. Oh my, that's I, I. If you asked him what his biggest disappointment is to this day, he'd probably say that. Yeah. Hey, uh, man, you're still good, Tucker. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, got a couple more texts here. Uh, um, are you going ice fishing this weekend? Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, Brad says the Peterson's cheering section in the grandstands is always the loudest out there every Friday night. Uh, I would imagine uh, on certain nights when you've got three of the Peterson's racing, I would imagine there's uh, quite the cheering section up there. Is that right? Yeah. We. You know, I know – a lot of people personally that come every week and, you know, friends and, you know, some family and whatnot. And, but then there's those that I don't, I don't know who they are and they, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Anytime that, you know, they do driver introductions or whatever, where I can actually hear that and mm-hmm. hear the, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Like from a fan standpoint, cause I go to the races usually every Friday. Um, whenever, you know, Kelsey's race or Tucker, um, let's if they're like in the front i uh, everyone cheers for them you know kind of nice yeah, yeah that's yeah you got a cheering section i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah you know when we were talking about the sights when you finished second i remember that race like it was just this last year um i wasn't in the booth at that time but i've always said i can judge how good the racing was that night by how sore my throat is at the end of the night I'm lucky that night that I wasn't in the booth because I would have had absolutely no vocal cords left at all by the end of that night. And uh, you talk about loud cheering sections. That was probably the loudest I've ever heard pretty much anybody for a local driver in that race. It was that night. And, oh, I thought you were going to pull it off. I talked about your your best night. Uh, You got a worst night out there in your history, Joey? Uh, you know, I don't know. There's always, you know, the the nights where you have some misfortune. Uh, luckily for me, I don't know. I, I've had very few of those. I don't know. I, you know, we've uh, nothing really stands out. I I shouldn't even say this. Uh, you know, we'll see if I get back behind the wheel this summer or not. But I, I I've I've never rolled the car. Never been upside down. Uh, you know, we've we've had a few. You know, got collected in a few things, and uh, nothing really, nothing really stands out. You talk about uh, the future. Um, you go back to the doctor when? Uh, I'll head back uh, in February uh, for some follow up stuff, and uh, that that will. A lot of people have kind of asked me, you know, privately, you know, what's going to happen in twenty one as far as driving goes, and. Uh, it's really all hinged on this February appointment. Um, the, it, 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 at least as I understand today, it's got, they fully expect a, a great outcome as far as the heart goes, uh, far better than I was before surgery. So it's, it's really nothing to do with anything cardiac related. Uh, uh, but it, it does have to do with, uh, the medication that I'm on now, specifically blood thinners, which I'll be, have to be on the rest of my life. Okay. And, a lifelong condition with my lungs that I've only had in race cars that has stumped them for 20 years. Uh, 
meaning I at times I'll I'll bleed some. My mm-hmm. lungs will bleed internally, and I'll cough up some blood, and it makes it difficult to bleed. Well, when you combine that condition with blood thinners, you can have a, yeah, a pretty a big bad problem. Outcome. So we're gonna go back through, go back in February, and uh, give it another shot at the whole the whole lung thing. See if they can figure out what's causing that. They do have a theory that that this heart condition was contributing to that, but they don't know. The we bottom, can only hope. Bottom line is they, they, they don't know. Uh, they, you know, and they're, they're, they're never going to tell me to, well, you know, we don't know. So we're just going to say it probably was the heart and now that's fixed. So you're good. They won't tell me to go do that and test mm-hmm. that. Cause if, if they're not right, it, it could be fatal. Right. And the desire to race is still there. Um, Taking oh, it. it's it's. Uh, there's not been a day that's went by that this isn't just eating at me. I even the thought of walking away from it is. Uh, uh, it, it's it's a really tough pill to swallow. To even, I'm just not ready. It's not on my terms. Uh, uh, I'm just uh, I'm not ready. I, you know, I, lo- I look at Tom Corker and I thought, Jesus, how much would I have to work out to st- to to be able to stay in a good enough physical shape to make it as long as Tom out there, right? <laughs> But, he still looks like he's in his 30s. Oh, I mean, man. he does. Yeah, no, for sure. He's uh, he's in a class of his own. But um, it, no, I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, there's going to be no stone unturned trying to, you know, pursue every medical option I have to to, to stay in the driver's seat. But, you know, if, if that don't work out, uh, you know, as we've talked, I, I, I love, you know, working with the kids and being part of their racing program too. So, Really hopeful that 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 I'll be back in the seat, but uh, we'll see. I guess you know it's. I almost compare you uh, two years ago, the Lamaru family, with all these kids playing on all different teams, scattered all over the place. How difficult is it with the schedule? I mean, I get it. Uh, Tucker and you, I think, can usually race together on most Friday nights, but um, with Kelsey and the Lightning Sprints, I mean, they're on a whole different schedule. How hard is that? And do you have to miss races sometimes, which I imagine you do? But um, I know you want to be there with them. But um, how tough is it when you've got three different race cars in the shop at the same time and they are three completely different cars and the scheduling? Uh, Man, that's got to be tough, too. Yeah, it's, you know, like anything you adjust on the fly, you know, and I I had to with that. The street stock was pretty natural to me. I mean, I, I come from a street stock at one point, so I was... You know that wasn't really, but that that lightning sprint and just sprint cars in general, I was totally new and green to that. So that was a big learning curve that I that really took some time and commitment for me to to learn and understand what makes them things uh, uh, go fast. And uh, and it's a lot of it is very different than you know than a bodied car. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the you know the things that apply to a bodied car to you know to gain traction or lose traction, tight, loose, whatever. It's the opposite in a sprint car. So uh, that was definitely a learning curve, but I, I I made the phone calls and read enough and tested enough stuff on our own to I think we got a pretty good handle on that too. But, yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge. It'd be a lot easier if we had three late models, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we, I, think, I think this past summer we, she went on out on her own out of town at two or three times, uh, the very first time was probably the most nerve-wracking. I can tell you, Mom, uh, Julie, <laughs> absolutely was against it. Uh, but you know, she was trying to run for that point thing, and you can't miss you can't miss the show. So no, 
she headed out to Fargo uh, with a couple friends, and uh, I was following it on you know online throughout the night. And she won her heat, and uh, uh, the feature come around, and I, I think she started. I don't know what it was, sixth or something like that. Next thing I know, she's leading it, and and she ended up winning. So she won the heat and feature, and I wasn't there. So I guess I'm, uh, you know, did that? I guess uh, I'm not needed. Right? Did, 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 <laughs> did that ease Julie's mind a little bit? Uh, everything went well. Um, and she made it home safe and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure that was a, a, a little, you know, oof. Okay. Well, <laughs> she did make it home, but she's a little later than uh, than expected. She ran out of gas about oh. a mile out of Grand Forks. <laughs> There was a heck of a wind, and uh, I guess the, you could about see the fuel gauge drop. Oh, yeah. She was driving. The pickup was just, and uh, you know, an overload. But, uh, yeah, she called me, and she ran out of, out of gas just before the exit in the Grand Forks. So, uh, what time did you get that call? I think that was about midnight, mm-hmm. maybe 1230. But, no, it, it, it went good. But you just never know. You know, you, your kids, you're always going to worry about, you know, especially the open wheel you know sprint car world you know upside down and i think the risk of injury is definitely probably higher in those cars and uh yeah but no it's 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 just part of it if we want to do this and we want to be competitive and we all three want to you know try race for any points thing anywhere you you got to be there Mm -hmm. so um any thoughts uh on the kids maybe moving up a class or into something different or even if heaven forbid you don't race anymore uh, are they arm wrestling each other over dad's car or, or are they pretty happy with what they're doing now? Well, they, they're, you know, if I stay in the seat, they're totally fine with where they're at. But um, there has been some conversations about if, if it doesn't go that way. Uh, you know, so far, Tucker has been the one that's expressed uh, the most interest uh, as far as potentially taking over the late model seat. Uh, I would like to continue with a late model, uh, even if I'm not in it. Uh, more so than than the other cars that we have. So uh, if I can't do it, hopefully uh, hopefully we can figure out you know figure that out, and one of them would be be in that. Kelsey's talked to you know kind of expressed a little interest, just making a few laps in it, but not much beyond that. So I, like I said, for now it seems that you know Tucker's probably showing the most interest. So uh, kids are both fairly mechanically inclined they can do the upkeep on the cars the maintenance things like that or is it still pretty much up to dear old dad no they've uh they've gotten a lot better you know we each have our own our own things uh the the more technical things i i definitely take care of uh and and try to you know time is always an issue but i try to 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 make the time to show uh to show the kids how i'm doing these more technical things but uh, you know, they've got their, you know, the cleaning the stuff up, the, the tires, the, just the, the normal weekly stuff takes a lot of time. The, the fuel jugs, the going to get the parts and get, you know, all this stuff, it's just time. And, and, and they've, they've really stepped up and they do a lot of that stuff, which, you know, I, if that wasn't the case, I, we, we wouldn't be able to do three cars. Uh, you have anybody else that come and helps you in the shop or is it just basically a family run deal? Uh, you know, during the week in, in recent years, it's, it's really just been me and the two kids, uh, Julie will come out and help out once in a while if we need, you know, something, hold something or whatever. But, uh, at the track, uh, I've got actually really, really good support at the track. Uh, and you know, at times we have three cars at the track, so you need some people there. Right. But, um, you know, Steve Moan is there often, uh, 
Adam Dahl, uh, Frank Narankis, um, uh, uh, Julie's dad, Grandpa Dean. He's he's been a huge support and especially with the kids in, in their racing efforts and always there to, even during the week at times, to help if things got ugly the weekend before. So, yeah. Um, you've got a ton of sponsors. Uh, I know a lot of these guys have been on your car for a long time. And, uh, you know, that's a true testament to a driver himself, uh, what kind of a guy he is off the track, um, how he is on the track, and um, how important are sponsors and and you've got a list of them here, and I'm going to let you read everybody that's on your car, but how important is it to have that good relationship with your sponsors? Well, you know, for us, uh, you know, I talked earlier here back in the, you know, the early days of my racing, I, you know, I, it, honestly, it was, it was tough to even put gas in the pickup to get to the track. Mm-hmm. There was many times I've joked, and but, but it's true. You know, running all over with this super stock, I, I, I had, I felt I had to win to be able to, you know, to cover the expenses for the week, just to, to get to the next Just to race. break even and keep racing. Well, just to pay the fuel bill. And, uh, you know, oftentimes I was grabbing people's tires that they were throwing away and running. Like it was, but no, it's as I've, you know, kind of evolved in racing, I've met people and I, you know, things have just, Things have gotten better on that front for sure. The sponsors for us are are and and always have been a huge part of what we do. Um, so yeah, the the relationships. Some are friends. Some are people you do business with, and others are just you know you like holy smokes, I didn't see that coming. Where they'll people will come up and you know what I really like what you guys are doing. What 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 does it take to be part of this? And I, I've really been surprised over the years with how some of that has went. But super thankful for for each and every one of them. Uh, for us, we couldn't do it without them. At least not on this level, for sure. Um, you know, it seems like racers always figure out a way to get out there. But if you want to have the right stuff, good equipment, and have you know, hopefully the you know, a, a decent chance at winning, just on an equipment front, uh, it, it takes money. Mm-hmm. That's just it's just what it is. So, you want to go through that list? Yeah, it's a long so one. Let's it do is, it. It is. Uh, Bear with me, but they're they're all so important to us. Uh, Sean Horn with Crary Real Estate, Market County Grain, uh, Dalston Mortars, Amy Dolly, Amy Dolum Photography, R and R Farms, Envision Egg Service, Olson Underground, Channel Seed and Red River Bean Company, Northdale Oil, VC Plumbing, Big Jim's Tire, Don and Darlene Vadova, Dynamic Welding, B and E Meats, Northern Valley Fertilizer, Ad Monkeys, Lind Electric, Phil Thompson and Associates. Custom Stripes, Skyview Drive-In, Auto Warren, and Northern Sheds. It's a lot of them. It is, yeah. And, I, and as you touched on, uh, many of them have been with us for a lot of years. And uh, uh, very thankful for that. You know, when you look at these texts um, from Greg, thank you for the many years of entertainment. I hope to see you behind the wheel again. But if not, I will be following your kids. Uh, Jeremy says... Everyone knows what a great guy Joey is on the track. He's even more remarkable off the track. One of the most honest and genuine people I've ever met. I would imagine, you know, it's funny because um, a lot of the times on the Dirty Thursday show, um, I will ask a driver, is there anybody you will not park your hauler next to? Um, And some people will say, yeah, I don't necessarily like this guy or that guy, but I don't think anybody's ever said that about you. Uh, do you have anybody out there that you just don't agree with or don't get along with and you don't want to park next to, or has that ever been an issue with you? 
No, it, it really has. I'd be lying to tell you that, you know, I haven't, you know, over the years, I haven't rubbed fenders or felt I've gotten the, the bad end of whatever. I mean, it, you can't race this long and not have had some Ab- conflict. Sure. But uh, that being said, it's, especially in the late model world, it's, uh, and others have said this on your show too, and, it, and it's absolutely true. Uh, you know, you, you might have a word or two after the, you know, the race or whatever, or maybe it's the silent treatment, but, you know, give it an hour and, you know, you're probably having a beer together and, mm-hmm. and you move on. And people are quick to, it, it seems like, and I, I try to be the same way. If I made a mistake, I'll be the first to apologize. And most are that way. Sometimes you don't agree with who made the mistake, mm-hmm. but, but you, you move on and, uh, you know, it, it's just a great bunch of people, uh, uh, I see. I see. Kevin uh, Patton was commented that probably one of the Cleveland drivers I've ever raced against. Uh, to that note, I got a quick story for you. All right. Uh, this this goes back into the mid '90s. Superstocks. Uh, John Seitz, uh No uh, household name for for everyone for sure. Uh, obviously, very very competitive, hard charging. Oh yeah. Driver always. Uh, so mid nineties, uh, to, to Kevin's comment, I did get involved in a, uh, I guess a situation with John that I tell this story, not because, uh, to your point, uh, an enemy or somebody I wouldn't park next to this situation actually developed into a, a friendship and we did some snowmobiling and different things off the track after, but, uh, feature rivers, Grand Fork Speedway at the time he's leading couple laps to go i knew i had a faster car it was just how to get around them and and uh last lap blew it into one and uh i, I honestly in my mind it was uh, i don't know if this is gonna work but i did it anyway i had to go for it and uh turns out the right rear got into his left front and uh he didn't give an inch either he he super hard competitor obviously everybody knows that and uh I ended up getting by him. There was no wreck, no caution. We went around, and I, I took the checkers, and I think he got second. He might have got third. I don't recall. But uh, nonetheless, I thought, oh, God, I wonder how this is going to go in the pits, right? <laughs> so at the time, they, they had the scale where it is today. We pulled off and uh, had the scale, and, and then they had you wait just after the scale, the top three for tech or whatever it was. And uh, so I, I got out of the car, which everybody usually does, waiting for somebody to come around and tell you you're good. Well, I wasn't worried about the tech guy at this time. I was, <laughs> I was wor- waiting for John to come over to the scale to see, to see how bad this, um, you know, how upset he was going to be. And uh, John hadn't even got out of his car, and his brother, Jay, which anyone that knows Jay, Jay has, he, he can be a hothead mm-hmm. too. He's very passionate about John's racing when John was racing. And uh, Jay, Jay was there before I even got out of my car, and he was hot. And then there was a few others. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, my bunch of my guys that were with me were down there, and they're all yelling and arguing. And before I know it, there had to have been at least 50 people there. And people are every, everybody's kind of pushing each other around. John and I never got to each other. I don't even mm. know that we ever really said <laughs> anything. But this blew up into a big big deal mike witherdall he still will talk about this to this day he was down in the middle of this there must have been 10 officials that were <laughs> trying to separate this this group right of it had to have been 50 people and i don't know where all the people come from i don't know whose side anybody was on but it was a it, so turns out they made the call 
to throw me back two spots, gave John the win. Oh, gee. Had they said that before we got off the track, it probably would have changed things. None of this would have happened. Well, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it for sure probably wouldn't have been as what it turned out to be. But, but that, that's just one example of, you know, uh, in hindsight, yeah, I, I definitely pushed the issue, and John didn't give an inch on mm-hmm. the track. And it's, you know. That's, uh, that's racing, it's though. It's racing. And uh, I, the, the following week, uh, I, I, or the following race, I think it was the next night, it was – we kind of looked at each other from a distance, but there was no words. And a week went by. Pretty soon, we were in Grand Forks the next Friday night, and we were parked across from each other. And John come walking over, and he says, "This is stupid. What are we doing? We can get beyond this. Let's have fun." Yeah, that sounds good. It turns out that was the beginning of we we started talking a lot more and became friends and other th- you know. So things happen out there, uh, but I, I think most people let it go. They realize that things are going to happen. Everybody's fighting for position and not everything's deliberate. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes it is, but I I think more often than not, it's racing deals that probably aren't deliberate. Man, I've just totally enjoyed this uh, show today. And and I'm going to ask you, Joey, uh, what I ask everybody when we wrap up the show, um, how, when this is all said and done uh, with the racing career of Joey Peterson, uh, whether it be possibly done now or you might be racing as old as Tom Corcoran is, how do you want to be remembered as a race car driver? What would you want people to say about you? Well, clean. You know, I, I've always tried to be clean, but I, I, I also think, and I think I'm perceived this way, that I hard charging too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, if, if there's an inch to, to squeak in there, I'm going to do it. Sure. And sometimes you... You know, there's a few rubs on the car or whatever, but yeah, hard charging, but but hopefully uh, perceived as someone that was always clean or. or I mean, or you care about your clean. equipment too. Yeah, well, you know, you tear your stuff up, somebody's got to fix it, and mm-hmm. there's only so much time in the week. So, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that's always kind of kept me in line to where, nah, nah, I can, I don't need to push that far. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping for updates uh, when you go back down to Mayo because I want to find out what's going on. And um, you know what? We'll get you back on here again. I'm hoping we can get the kids on here. It'd be great to get Tucker and Kelsey on the show with you one day. And uh, I know that's hard to do. Uh, everybody's got their different schedules. But um, good luck. And I'm glad to see you are out and about again. And uh, you look great. And uh, I can't wait to see uh, when the time comes where you're supposed to feel 20 years younger. That should be something. And uh, we will set up a catfishing date too, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Joey Peterson on the show on a dirty Thursday. And again, uh, Chad Hoff couldn't make it today. He's out in Montana. I don't even know what he's doing out there. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't know. But uh, anyway, uh, we'd like to thank Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Need an oil change like right now. Well, get over to Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Grand Forks. Basically, no wait time. You can even sit in your vehicle while you uh, get your oil changed. I just did this a couple of weeks ago over there. Took about 15 minutes. And they also check your fluids, your wiper blades, your cabin air filter, head taillights, batteries. They check my tires. They do tranny and coolant flushes. The cool thing is you don't need an appointment. It's timely service. It will not slow you down while you sit in your vehicle. You want to mention GFBS? They'll give you an additional $7 savings on your oil change, too. What a great deal, huh? And if you can't leave work and you live in Grand Forks, they'll even come and pick your vehicle up. 
Locally owned and operated, open seven days a week and fast. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 3325 South 38th Street. Or call 701-780-8462, but make sure you tell them Grand Fork's best source sent you. Little list of some of the things coming up here in the uh, next couple of days on GFBS. Don't forget tomorrow morning at 10, our Berkshire Hathaway podcast. Politically miscorrect. Catch it tonight at 7 o'clock. We also got Catfish Best Source Tuesdays at 7. And tomorrow, Santa Claus making a trip to the studios of Grand Fork's Best Source. You know, he can't get out to too many places right now, so we cut a deal with him. He's going to make it here, all right? Hey, you know what? We're now on Amazon Music. Tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast. It'll do it. We want your five-star reviews on Google, too. And we are on Pandora. How about that? Everybody have yourself a great Dirty Thursday. Make sure to like us, share us, and tag us. We're Grand Fork's best source, giving Grand Fork's an identity again. <laughs>